0: This podcast is brought to you by Writer on the Web, where every story counts. Hello, welcome to Run Desi Run. My name is Desirée Carey, and I will be your host for this series of podcasts, which talk about my adventures as I trained from a non-runner at the age of fifty-two to running marathons. Hello, and welcome back to episode seven of Run Desi Run. In episode six I had reached 13 kilometers. What I realized is that I only understand and fully integrate my achievements with a slight time delay. What I'm trying to say by that is that at the time I knew I'd done well and all that but I, I didn't actually get the, the feeling of it didn't actually come until after I'd done it, a few days afterwards when I had a chance to sit back and consider it, consider my run, what I saw, how I felt, it feels like, yes, there's that time delay in me then, and that's when the, the, perhaps the integration of the whole experience comes in, and, you know, while I do the exercise, while I am running, after I've done it, I'm simply glad it's over, I'm too tired, too shy and certainly a bit too embarrassed to be highly excited. I usually play down any achievements anyway. I'm not one to boast too much. So I guess that's also a little bit part of it. By the following month in June, I was really chuffed, especially because I had done that 13Ks three times by then and was looking to increase it again. I do it several times because, you know, I don't want it to be... A push. I don't I mean of course it's always gonna be a push and a challenge, but I I do it the first time to see if I can do it, I do it the second time to see if I can repeat it, and by the third time that I do it, I kind of almost like solidify it. Yes, now I know it. I know the feeling of it, my muscles know it. In June I wanted to add another couple of kilometers to my 13Ks that I had already done. The thing is, I had to increase my tube anyway because, well, the clock was ticking. I was bursting with confidence. I was tuning into my body a lot more. I knew when my head would start to hurt. I knew when I needed to slow down and I knew when I needed to push. I used to find it such a challenge to breathe in through my nose and out through my mouth. But what you'll find is that as your body is struggling on these long runs, you want to assist it. You want to make it smoother. So you look for ways to calm your body down, to relax it during the runs. Relaxing yourself, relaxing your mind, you should say, and And breathing does that. As you calm your mind, you also find you're listening to your body better and you hear what it needs. And there came my epiphany. I had stopped thinking. I don't mean by that that I became brain dead. But you know what? The voices in my head were gone. They were all gone. I was alone with me. I was alone in my head. Do you have any idea how hard that is to achieve daily? I mean, I can't, up until then, I couldn't remember the, the time when I could be alone in my own head, just me in my head, and there was no noise, not a single drop of a pin in my head sorry i said daily you know trying to achieve no voices in your head daily as if i try this daily which i don't the voices are only ever silent in my head when i'm in deep sleep else they're all talking 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 to one another to me to anything that would listen irrespective of whether i want to hear these voices or not or whether i care to hear them or not or whether the voices are positive or negative, the voices are my constant companion, even at 3 a.m. in the morning when I wake. Please don't get me wrong, I don't rise at 3 a.m. I literally snap out of sleep, perhaps because I need to go see Lou at this time of night, perhaps because I just wake up and think Lou is a great idea. Hard to know which came first, kind of like chicken and egg with a Lou thing at 3 a.m. But anyway, I think it's what happens when you're 50 plus, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, why don't you guys tell me and give me some feedback there. Do you people who are 50 plus or do you reach a time in your age where suddenly three o'clock in the morning you get this wake up and you don't know why and you just wake up and everything comes flooding in and you're trying so hard to shut your mind off so you can go back to that beautiful sweet sleep that you were in. But no way can you shut it down. You try relaxation techniques, you count sheep, you count socks, you count your hair, you think of all of the dullest possible things so that you could pass out into that sweet sleep again. But do you? So not. The voices are going on and on and on. And before you know it, it's 6 a.m. and 15 minutes before your clock goes off, that's when that lovely sleep begins to come and claim you, but then you hear that beep, 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 beep of your alarm, and there's only one thing that goes through your head. Grab it, smash it, and then disappear under your doona. But anyway, that was my whine about waking up at three in the morning. I need to be particularly knackered to actually go past that time and sleep through the night. Otherwise, like I said, you 50 plus out there please give me feedback let me know do you get this what do you do about it Luke Hall or not there I am at 3 a.m. and no sooner am I realizing that I'm not sleeping the voices already checking in so it seems that the secret to turning the voices megaphone off is through running a tad extreme do you not think well not only running I suppose I hear meditation helps but that doesn't give me medals Or keep me fit and while shutting off the voices in my head is no small feat I think it would be more of a quest or even a holy grail to meditate at home because when I'm at home you can be sure that either hubby or the boy are at home I am seldom at home alone I do have a study but most of the time if I ask for quiet it will be a bit of a challenge to get it either the boy would want something or hubby will say not to disturb it's very weird as long as I'm in my in my office and I'm sitting there doing something quietly, no one disturbs me. But if I say, right, I'm going to shut my door now, please don't disturb, please don't ask me for anything, please wait until I open that door again, you can be sure that the second I shut the door and sit down, within a minute I'm going to get a knock and most of the time it comes from whom? Oh yeah, you've guessed it, it's hubby, not the boy, it's hubby. Who comes and says oh just before you begin can i quickly ask you for something you don't want to know what goes through my mind at that time i'm sure you would feel the same i mean the boy also would knock and say mommy i just want to know something quickly 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 he forgets but he's 11. if he doesn't want a decent telling off or if he doesn't want to see my face look like you know, that look that you give to your kids when you really don't want to deal? Well, he doesn't want to look like that. So anyway, that's why I can't meditate at home. That's another whine from me anyway. All that to say is that I'm seldom alone. Why am I not alone? Because, well, hubby works from home. He has his own home office. He has his own business. So therefore, if I'm at home, he is at home. Up until I had my epiphany, I had not experienced the no voices effect Not very often, and I couldn't name it right now, if I wanted to. I began to Google how to meditate. Guess what? It talked about focus points, candle, mantra, and the breath. And lo and behold, when we run, we have a great focus on our breathing, I suppose it's the combination of the breathing and the one step in front of another that does it. In order to manage the distance, the energy and the output the body is pushing out, it's necessary to focus on the breathing. Actually, it's not necessary, it's vital. Once the rhythm is acquired, it becomes automatic. As it becomes automatic, the breath and the legs take over. They seem to move in perfect harmony. However, they're not happening so automatically that you can start to SMS. Think of England or what you're going to make for dinner. No way. That's a true way of going head over arse and hurting yourself. It's an amazing feeling and I can't stress enough how wonderful it is to just hit that sweet spot where one minute there's all these things going on, then suddenly your your legs your breathing your your movement everything seems to be just in harmony as if they were made to be doing this all the time it's it's so hard to explain how harmonious it all feels it's all being controlled somehow and that you are just it you know i'm getting so tongue tied trying to explain it to you simply because i feel i feel like i I'm flying when I'm doing this it's you know it's like breathing certain things that the body does and that you could, do not have a control over it and it just happens because it's all in sync that's what it feels like and it's so freeing as well it's amazingly freeing I have to say also that at the start of every run that rhythm isn't simply present It takes me at least four kilometers to accept that I have a long way to go. Then the acceptance sets in. I look for rhythm in the music and many voices are in my head. I focus on the music and get the breath in there because I don't want to hear the voices. So once I start breathing and putting everything in place, the music encourages me, dynamizes me and propels me. I think of dancing. I think of 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 crossing a line. I think of me being on the bike. I think of me and my RPM uh, instructor just edging us on and moving us forward. I think of all the different things that gives me that superb energy to move forward. Then I come back to the breath. Little by little, my daydreams fade away. Little by little, the voices fade away. I don't even hear the music anymore. And by 8Ks, a surge of adrenaline comes through and tells me that I could run forever like this. It feels absolutely fabulous. No aches, no pain, no effort, no voices. It's all smooth and happening effortlessly. The adrenaline rush lasts perhaps three to four kilometers, perhaps a bit more, perhaps a bit less, depending on what kind of terrain I'm running. And then the breathing is more necessary than ever, but the voices are well and truly This is how it is for me. People like DB and I have spoken about this adrenaline rush and clearly it's not just me. We always laugh at the moment when we say the rush is there and we feel like we could do it forever and then we say but you know it's not because you do feel it when you lose it and then you think oh my god how much farther do I have to go? And that downer is an incredible reality of running as well. The rush comes, the rush goes, it comes, it goes. So you have to get used to the fact that it's not the same feeling all the way through. But then that's when you know you are actually running properly because you've got that rhythm of adrenaline rush and adrenaline downer as well. You have to laugh about it because it's part of this endurance sports, I suppose. I cannot say whether sprinters get the same because... Well, it all happens so hyper-quick, doesn't it? It's difficult to see what, what point they would get the rush and what point they would get the downer. It's all go, go, go for them. And then before they know it, they've hit the finishing line. This month of June, I had run 15 kilometers all by myself. I had imagined the extra 2Ks in my mind and I knew I could do it, so I did. And yes, these extra 2Ks were demanding. But you know what? I was now on a countdown to 19 August 2018. I only had another 6Ks to train for. Yes, it would be difficult, but surely not as difficult as starting from the very beginning as I had done on the 1st of January. I only had 6Ks to go and 6 weeks to do it in. Although, I am panicking again. It's not much time. I knew from research that I need to do only very short runs, two weeks to seven days before the run. Therefore, my last real long run will have to be the week beginning the first week of August. That left me four more weeks realistically to make up a few more. I was a tad worried, a tad in panic, a tad excited, and I made an executive decision to add two kilometers to my run every two weeks. Oh my God, that was really accelerating things now. I was scared in case of the day I couldn't find the energy to run the last few k's. I had to know what it felt like to run the distance. I had to. There was no other way. Interrupting my train of thought while recording the podcast, I just received an SMS from Sister 3. She's still in a psychiatric hospital, as I mentioned to you. She's not really ready to talk, but wanted me to know that she knew she had done something silly. She suffers from polyarthritis you know. It had crippled her for about six years to the point where she was in a wheelchair for four years. She finally did a bunch of treatment which got her out of the chair. She got confidence to drive again but walked with a walking stick. But she got chronic pain regularly and needed hospitalising on a regular basis also. And the last straw was when she became a registered disabled a few months ago. She said that she had become a burden to her husband, or she felt like that, a burden to her children. She felt that her husband treated her more like a patient than a wife and a sexual being. Her kids couldn't count on her to be there for holidays, for sports days or special trips. She was often too fragile. She felt that her family would have been better off without her. That's why she tried to take her own life. The only thing I could say back to her was that I was happy she's alive and that I was sure that her husband and sons were glad that she was alive too and that they loved the fact that they could still feel her warm body next to theirs whenever they got a hug from her. I also said to her that whether she felt glad to be alive or not at this point, that she had all the time in the world to think about whether she was glad to be alive. But the fact that she said that she realised she did something silly was a great step and was good to hear. I also told her that the world will keep turning it was turning before we came part of it, and it will keep turning long after we have left it. Therefore, she could take her time. She had all the time in the world. I sent her all love, more love. I didn't know what else to say. I'm sharing this with you because I feel it would be unfair to share with you the events from episode 5 without sharing how she was progressing. Perhaps in the next episode, I'll be able to share my own feelings about the monkey business. So till episode 8... I look forward to speaking with you much more again. Till then, gotta go!